All right, good morning. Good morning. Hey, uh, I'm really excited about this new series um, because I believe that every single one of us has a desire for our soul to connect with the one who created us, the one who loves us. I think every single one of us have that, that desire to feel like God is speaking to us. Um, I remember as a kid, <clears throat> I went to Sunday school, and there was this, this Bible story that, that I heard about. And there was a flannel graph. Do you guys remember that? Flannel graph, for those of you that grew up in a church. It was basically a huge piece of felt, and they would use these, these different characters to tell a story. Well, this Bible story was the story of Samuel. And Samuel was a kid at the, at the time of this story, and he heard someone speak to him, and he thought it was Eli, the priest. And so he went to Eli's room and said, hey, what, what did you want? And Eli told him, I, I didn't talk to you. So he goes back to his room. He hears the voice again. He goes back. He's like, I, I swear I heard something. Eli's like, no, I didn't say anything. So then the third time he comes back, and Eli's finally like connecting the dots, like, man, God is speaking to Samuel. So he says, Samuel. Next time you hear this voice, I want you to say, speak, Lord, for your servant heareth. That's, that's what they said. It was like KJV. So it was kind of like, speak, Lord, for your servant heareth. And so I uh, heard this story. And uh, I remember going home and thinking, man, that would be awesome to have God talk to me. So I went to bed that night. And I remember like laying down and thinking, man, I want God to talk to me. So I sat there. I was like, speak, Lord, for your servant heareth. There's nothing. And so I was like, speak, Lord, for your servant heareth. Speak, Lord, for your servant heareth. And nothing. And I remember thinking, God, why? Why won't you talk to me? Why? I'm, I'm here. I'm, I, I want to speak to you. I want to communicate with you. But I didn't hear anything. And I think some of you in here today, probably the majority of us in here today, we have this desire to connect with God, to communicate with God. But it seems way more difficult than we would think at the beginning. Sometimes we think, God, I just want to speak to you. I just want to hear from you. I want to know that you're there. But a lot of times we can't hear him. And we wonder, God, where are you? So today what we're going to talk about is, is how we can hear from God. Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn, which represented that we no longer had to go through anybody else to hear from God. We no longer, we ourselves could have a personal relationship with God. But sometimes I wonder if that truly, if that's real, if that's true, why does it seem so hard to talk to God? Why have I, I mean, I have never personally heard an audible voice from God. So why is that? Why does it seem so hard? You know, as a kid, that wasn't the only night that I've laid in bed and wondered, God, where are you? Why won't you talk to me? Why won't you speak to me? I want to ask you, have you been there? Have you laid in bed thinking, God, where are you? Why won't you talk to me? I want to communicate with you. Just say a word. Let me know that you're there. So we're going to talk today about that. In our series, Whisper, it's all about how to hear the voice of God. How to hear the voice of God. You know, there is a movie, a cinematic classic called The Notebook. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. It's a, it's a great one to invite all the bros over and get down in the man cave, and it's real good. But anyways, I've seen it like a couple of times. And uh, Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams play Noah and Allie, and uh, they fall in love. They have this 
uh, young, blooming relationship, and then all of a sudden they get separated for whatever reason. And when they're separated, she's wondering, why have I not heard from him? Why has he not communicated with me? And so they get reunited, and she has these questions of why he has not communicated with her. So check out this, this video. Letters. I wrote you every day for a year. You wrote me? Yes. It wasn't over. So in this, in this movie, he is communicating with her. He's writing her these letters, sending them out. But what really happened is her mom was getting these letters, and she was keeping them from getting to her. So the whole time, he was communicating with her. He was trying to, to talk to her, communicate with her, but there was something that was blocking her from realizing it. What I think today is happening is I think that God wants to communicate with you each and every day. I truly believe that he speaks to you each and every day, but there are things that block us from realizing he's trying to communicate with us. I think sometimes our limited view of God and the way that he speaks keeps us from realizing that he's truly trying to talk to us. We think, God, I need to hear an audible voice from you. I need to hear, just like Samuel did, you, you boom, your booming voice, hey, hello, I love you. But he speaks to us in different ways. You know, I believe that on one side is how much God is trying to speak to you, what he's trying to communicate with you, and the other side is how much you realize he's trying to talk to you and the message that you're receiving. And there is a big gap in the middle. John 10.3 says the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. You see it says um, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice. I believe that the bridge that brings together that gap of how often God communicates with us and how often we think he's talking to us is the ability to recognize his voice. The ability to recognize his voice. And how do we recognize his voice? What we have to do is we have to know the different channels that he uses. Know the different channels that he uses. You know, there, we're, we're going to talk today about some of the ways that God communicates with us. This is not exhaustive. Uh, but these are some of the different ways. The majority of these come from the book Whisper by Mark Batterson. That's kind of been the inspiration for our series. Um, but let's just go ahead and jump into this. So the, the number one way that God communicates with us, and this is the primary way that he speaks to us today, is Scripture. Scripture, the Bible, God's Word. 2 Timothy three sixteen through 17 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. And to make us realize what is wrong in our lives, it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. You see, the word of God is literally God's word. It's the words that he has spoken. He has breathed into this book. And I believe that when you open this book and you truly read it, it brings us to life. And, and it teaches us and it corrects us and it lets us know so much about the character of God. You see, the, the Bible is not just a book. It's, it's all of God's promises to us. It's a picture of Jesus. It's a story of divine love, of what God will do in order to have a relationship with you. And so when we read this, we know so much more about who God is and what he's trying to say to us. I want to encourage you, if you have not gotten into to reading the Bible, I want to encourage you today to start with the book of John. Book of John, if, you, if you, you know, you're like, man, I want to know where to start, start with the book of John and read that. 
And I want to encourage you to, 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 to see, okay, God, what are you trying to say to me through this book? What are you trying to say to me through your word? So that's the primary way that God speaks to us. The rest of these are secondary ways, but these are all ways that sometimes we don't realize God is trying to communicate with us. But he uses these to speak to us. The, the, one of those ways is through desires and dreams. Desires and dreams. Psalm 37.4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. A lot of times, God, when you are following God, he puts a passion in your heart. He puts a desire in your heart. A lot of times, this is how God speaks to you. The things that you love, the things that you crave, the things that you desire when you follow him. You know, another way that he uh, speaks to you is with a dream in your mind. You know, there's a desire in your heart and a dream in your mind. You know, when we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, the cool thing is that um, we don't have to necessarily see things like they are right now. But sometimes God gives us a dream, a desire, an ability to not just see things like they are, but maybe see things how they can be. You may be in a difficult marriage. Things might be tough, but you can see, man, this is how it could be. You know, financially, you are struggling, but you think, man, I know God's going to bring us through this. I know, he, I know he will. You may be, you know, we may be in a spot where, where it doesn't seem very hopeful, but we can have hope because we see how it can be. God gives us dreams, and, and these dreams, is, or these dreams are, are, are places where God speaks to us and says, hey, I want you to be the answer to prayer that some, some hurting person is praying for. I want you to be that answer. God gives us a dream to, to see things not just how they, can, or how they are right now, but see things as they can be, how they should be, how God wants them to be. So desires and dreams. Another way is doors. Revelation 3.8 says, I know all the things you do, and I've opened a door for you that no one can close. You know, God has a purpose for your life, a specific purpose. He's created you to be unique, He's created you different. You don't look like anybody else. You don't act like anybody else. God made you unique. And the reason being is because he has a specific purpose for your life. He has something for you to do. He has a job that only you can do. He wants you to make a difference in this world, and, and you are the only one that can make that specific difference. So God has a purpose for your life, and so sometimes the way he communicates to us, the way he speaks to us, is through doors. Sometimes we'll be going down a path, and all of a sudden a door is shut, and we wonder, why did you shut that door, God? And a lot of times it's because he's saying, hey, this is less than the best that I have for you. The very best that God has for you is walking in your specific purpose. So sometimes he shuts a door. Sometimes he opens a door for us. But God speaks to us through doors, through opportunities, through doors being shut and doors being opened. Another way that he communicates through us is through people. 2 Samuel 12.1 says, So the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to tell David, um, <clears throat> So the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to tell uh, David this story. And um, in, in this, this uh, portion of 2 Samuel 12, what's happening is the King David um, he had been up on the rooftop and all his guys were off at war. And he looks and he sees this, this woman bathing. Her name is Bathsheba. 
and he decides, man, I want her to, to come over, and, and she's married to one of his guys who's off at war, one of his best men. And uh, he ends up sleeping with her, gets her pregnant, and realizes, you know, instead of him fessing up and saying, man, I messed up, I shouldn't have done this, uh, what he decides to do is he tries to cover it up by bringing the guy Uriah back from war. He tries to get him drunk to sleep with his wife so that it could be like, hey, it's his baby. But the, Uriah is such a good man that he, he sits at David's doorstep and is like, I can't, I can't do that. My, my men are off at war. Just such a good man. And so David says, okay, I want this guy put at the very front of the battle lines. And when, when the enemy comes, I want everybody else to retreat just to leave him. And he gets killed. So here David had committed adultery. He had murdered this guy all to cover up this, this thing. And, and so God, instead of God yelling down and saying, David, I didn't want you to do that. Like, what are you doing? He sends this prophet, Nathan. And Nathan tells this story. He says, hey, there's a rich man and a poor man. The rich man has all of this livestock. He's got a ton of sheep and cows and all, all of this livestock. And then there's a poor man who has one sheep. And that's all he has. And he loves the sheep so much. And his kids know the sheep. And it's basically like a family pet. And so the, the rich man has a whole bunch of people over. And he decides, I don't want to take any of my sheep and kill them to, for the feast. So he goes over and he steals the sheep from the poor man. And he kills that one. And David gets outraged. He says, whoever this is, needs, you know, it needs to be killed. This is ridiculous. Nathan says, you are that man. And, and, and it hit him. And it says that he confessed before God, man, I should not have done this. So God used Nathan to speak into David's life. I, I, I really believe that God wants to speak to you through other people. Uh, there, there was a uh, movie that recently came out called Hidden Figures. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but if you haven't, you need to see it. It's an amazing movie. But um, it, it talks about these um, African-American women who had um, went through so many hurdles in, in NASA in order to, to make such a difference in, in um, you know, uh, like John Glenn. He was the first American to orbit uh, around the, the Earth. And so one of these women, Katherine Johnson, she's one of them that, that they highlight. And in the story, in the movie, uh, what, they, what they show is, is John Glenn right before he's about to take off. And he's like, hey, I, I need that girl to check the numbers because he knew that she was really good at math. He's saying, I'm not going to take off until she checks it. I, want, I know the computer ran the numbers, but I need her to check it. Uh, in real life, what happened is, is it was a couple weeks before he took off. It wasn't as dramatic as that. But uh, he, he did tell the, the, the supervisor, he says, I, I know the computer ran these numbers, but I, I need that girl to check the numbers. And I don't want to take off until I know that she, she checked it and then she can confirm that, that these numbers are good. And uh, John Glenn knew, man, I, my life, my safety... I'm going to trust in this person because they know the numbers. They know math. So I'm going to listen to that person, and whatever they say, I'm going to realize, okay, this is safe or this isn't. And I want to, I want to ask you, do you have people in your life that you listen to like that? Where you know, okay, I know that person is hearing from God. So they're going to let me know if this is, this is something good or something bad. They're going to let me know if there's something in my life that is detrimental to the people around me. They're going to let me know if there's some pride in my life or if there's some sort of mistake I'm about to make. You know, God uses people to speak to us. 
You know, do you have those people who are around you? What, you know, our temptation is that we just surround ourselves with yes men and yes women. People around us who will just confirm our thought that we are awesome. You know, so, so we will be doing something and somebody will be like, man, you are doing the right thing. You're awesome. You go, guy. You go, girl. Man, you're, you're so cool. And then if someone's like, hey, I'm a little worried about the way that you're acting, you take them out. They're a hater. Man, there's a hater. I, I'm not going to listen to them. And you cut off friendships based on who confirms the thought in your life that, that you are doing everything right. I want to encourage you to really think that through. Because do you want friends in your life who are more worried about your approval or God's approval? If you truly want to be hearing from God, you need to surround yourself with some people who are going to give you some tough love. Who are going to tell you, man, you have a terrible attitude. You've been complaining. Man, you, you need to be careful with what you're doing. Because this is detrimental. This could really hurt you and your family. Surround yourself with those kind of people. Proverbs 27.6 says, Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. You know, God wants to speak to you through people. Um, you know, and he doesn't just want to use people to tell you when you're doing something wrong. A lot of times God wants to tell you, uh, speak to you through people to let you know what he thinks about you. How he is, is so in love with you. How he values you. How he sees you is so much better than you probably see yourself. So I want to encourage some of you, there are some people in your life where God is trying to speak to, them, speak to you. And they'll give you a compliment. Or they'll say something good about you. And you totally deflect it. And you won't listen to it. And you try to like just skirt around a compliment. Simply say thank you. Receive it and, and tell God, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for seeing me, not like I see myself. God wants to speak to you through people. That's why, man, it is so important for you to get into a small group this next semester. You have to get into a small group because you will surround yourself with people who are close enough to you to see if there's something in your life that's going on that isn't going to bring you closer to God. So God speaks through people. He speaks through prompting. Acts 16.6 says, Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. So what we see is that God spoke through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God, but he spoke through prompting in Paul and Silas's life. He, he, he had said, hey, I, I don't want you to go there. It was a prompting. It was something in their heart that just let them know, hey, I probably shouldn't do this. And if you have, have given your life to Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit in your life, and that same thing can happen to you. There could be some sort of job that opens up and all of a sudden you, it looks so good and you get kind of close to it and you realize, I don't know why, but this probably isn't the best thing. You know, listen to those promptings that God gives you in your life where he lets you know, man, you probably shouldn't go that way. Or a prompting of how many of you have had this where you see someone and you know, man, I need to go and talk to that person. I need to go and talk to them. And there's something going on in, your li- in their life where he wants to use you to, to speak to them. Listen to the promptings that God has for you. God uses promptings to, to speak to us. He puts a check in our heart. He, a red flag will go up. Or all of a sudden something will light up where we realize, man, I need to go and do this. Another way he speaks to us is pain. 2 Corinthians 1.5 says, For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. 
C.S. Lewis said, pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Some of you have been through some gruesome pain. And the thing is that God does not cause the pain most of the time. God doesn't cause the pain. I mean, God, when God created the earth, there was no pain. It was sin that brought pain into this world. So God is not the, the, the reason for the pain, but God promises to use the pain because he'll comfort you. He'll bring you close. And so if you've been through pain, listen to what God's trying to tell you. God's going to use that pain to speak to you. And the last one is creation. Romans 1.20 says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. You see, God uses creation. And this isn't New Age. He's saying creation is God. No, God, it is God's creation, but he uses it to speak to us. You know, God used a rainbow to, to remind Abraham of the promise of his covenant. You know, God will use creation if, if, you, if you let him use it. So, so these are all different ways that God speaks to us. Um, you know, some ways will speak more loudly to different people. Uh, we all have a hearing signature. We all have a hearing signature. Uh, I saw this video where it was these headphones, and, and these headphones, basically, um, it talked about your hearing signature, how each of us, because of the way our ear is, is designed, we each have a different hearing signature that's different than everybody else. So these headphones, what they do is they had like a little earbud in it to where it would see the waves that came back out of your ear that would show how you heard different things. And so uh, what would happen is, is this hearing signature, um, you know, the headphones, your perfect headphones with your hearing signature would be way different than somebody else's. It'd be perfect for you, but for somebody else, they would hear it way different. So, so you have a hearing signature, a way that God can speak to you that, is, that comes in more loudly and more clearly than any other hearing signature. So I want to encourage you to think through all these different ways and think, how does God speak to me? So there are different things that contribute to our hearing signature. One of them is uh, different personalities. We all have different personalities. Some are extroverted, some are introverted, some are right brain, some are left brain. And, uh, you know, the crazy thing is like with this service, it could be the same exact service. But for one person, God spoke to them through the worship. One person, it was through the message. One person, it was how a dream teamer uh, went out of their way to show you love. You know, we all have different personalities, and they all contribute to our hearing signature. Second is different stages of life. You know, as you grow older, there are different ways that God communicates with you. You know, in Destiny Kids, we don't have the same service that we have in here. And the reason being is because there's different stages of life, different ways that God speaks to us in our different stages. Another is different cultures. Do you know that in each uh, country, there's basically like a, a different, you, can, you hear differently depending on where, where you are from. Like the French ear hears best between 1,000 and 2,000 hertz. The British ear between 2,000 and 12,000. American set between 750 and 3,000. So different areas of the world um, basically affect like the, the way that you hear because you're, you're hearing different sounds all the time. You know, a crazy thing is that in the Middle East, we're seeing like tons and tons of people come to Christ. 
But I saw something where it said around 80% of the people that are coming to Christ from the Middle East, it's through a vision or a dream. To where when they are sleeping, they will see Jesus come to them and, and basically tell them how much he loves them and, and to give their life to him. That's crazy. But here in America, we would say, no, God doesn't do that anymore. That's never happened to me. But God uses different cultures to speak to people in different ways. And knowing this, that there are different personalities, different stages of life, different cultures, I want to encourage you to never be cynical of how God is going to speak to somebody else. Somebody may be more emotional than you are. And God may speak to them in a different way. You may be more analytical than other people. But do not be cynical of how God speaks to people in different ways. Oswald Chambers said, Allow God to be as creative and original with others as he is with you. Um, so, so know your hearing signature. But the last thing that we need to do, and this is really important. If you've checked out the whole message, I want to get you back in right now because this is so important. We have to be prepared to dig. Be prepared to dig. Psalm 40, verse 6 it says, my ears have you opened. And when you look at this word opened, when you look at the, the original Hebrew, it was like an a archaeological word to dig or excavate. My ears have you opened, so we have to be prepared to dig. You know that we touch our phones on average in a day 150 times. 150 times in a day. You know, Netflix has done so well um, you know, when Stranger Things came out, man, everybody like freaked out because you could watch all, I think it was eight or nine episodes, like right then and there. It said over 300 some thousand people watched those first nine episodes in 24 hours. And the reason being is because you can just knock them out. And it gets to now when I'm watching like, when I'm watching uh, something that's on like cable or something else, it, if, there's a, if there's a commercial or if I have to wait a week to see the next episode... I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Are you serious? And the reason being is because everything's at our fingertips. We have everything that, we're, you know, we're constantly just keeping our brains going, going, going because we constantly have stuff at our fingertips. And technology is great, but sometimes I think it's created a sort of entitlement when it comes to hearing from God. We think, God, I need it now. I need you to speak to me now. God, I'm here. I'm here. Talk to me. Speak to me. We have an entitlement to where, you know, when we get frustrated because a, a, a website won't load fast enough, that's how we feel like with God sometimes. God, I'm here. I'm waiting for you. Come on. Speak to me. You know, communication with God takes hard work. And, and the thing is, we have all these other things and other people to get our attention 99% of the day. But then when it comes to God, we give them about 30 seconds to speak up. And we think, if God doesn't speak in these 30 seconds, then, then he's not communicating to me. Psalm 27, 14, it says this. It says, wait patiently for the Lord. 1 Corinthians 16, 11, it says, search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. Jeremiah 29, 12-13, says, in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly. So get that. Wait patiently. Continually seek and look wholeheartedly. 
wait patiently, continually seek, and look wholeheartedly. I want to ask you, are you willing to work for it, to hear from God? To not just give him 30 seconds to say, okay, it's your time, speak up, but to say, God, I will wait patiently for you. I will continually seek you. And I will look wholeheartedly for you. There's a, a test called the cognitive reflection test. It's supposed to show like, it's three questions. And it's supposed to show how easily or how quickly you, you, you can come up with answers and, and, and how you can really think things through. On this test, you know, they had a lot of the, the major universities, a lot of the really smart uh, institutions do this, this three-question uh, test. And the MIT students averaged the highest at 2.18 out of three on average. And um, I want to ask you, if you're taking this test, just think this through. Uh, which of these would you want? Would you want the very first one or the second one when it, t- when it comes to how your test came to you? The majority of us would probably say, man, that first one is way easier to read. That's, that's what I want to go with. Well, they did this study. They did this test. And what they did is they had one group take the test, which was very easy to read, kind of like that first one. And the second one was kind of like that second one where it was, it was gray font. It was italics. They, they made the font smaller. And it was more difficult. So you had to kind of focus on what it was saying. The results were crazy. This is in the book David and Goliath by Malcolm Gladwell. It says this, the CRT is really hard, but here's the strange thing. Do you know the easiest way to raise people's scores on the test? Make it just a little bit harder. The psychologists Adam Alter and Daniel Oppenheimer tried this a few years ago with a group of undergraduates at Princeton University. First, they give the CRT the normal way, and the students average 1.9 correct answers out of three. That's pretty good, though it is well short of the 2.18 that MIT students averaged. Then Alter and Omenheimer printed out the test questions in a font that was really hard to read. 10% gray, 10-point italics, myriad pro font. Suddenly, the students were doing much better than their counterparts at at MIT. The students that did this averaged 2.48. So it jumped up considerably. In the actual study, they said 90% of participants in the fluent condition answered at least one question incorrectly. Only 35% did so in the disfluent condition. And they say the reason being is because people had to slow down. They had to actually process what the question was saying. They had to focus on what it was actually saying. You see, when this question was really easy to read, what happened is, is you would blow through the question and you wouldn't really think about the true answer. But when it was harder, you had to focus more to read it. It was harder to read, but they got more answers correct because they focused on what it was truly saying. When it comes to communicating with God, I believe that easiness brings assumptions, inaccuracies, and lack of attention. But difficulty brings attentiveness, accuracy, and intimacy. So easiness brings assumption, inaccuracies, and lack of attention. Difficulty brings attentiveness, accuracy, and intimacy. If it's been difficult for you to communicate with God, I want you to know it's not because he hates you. It's not because he doesn't want to speak to you. 
because he wants you to lean in and hear what he's actually saying. If I were to whisper to you right now, what would you do? You would tune out everything else. And you'd lean in. And you'd figure out what I was really saying. You see, when, when it's more difficult to hear, what we have to do is we tune out everything else and we focus on what's being said. I want to encourage you that God wants to speak to you today. He wants to communicate with you. It may not be in the way that you originally thought, but he wants to communicate with you. I want to encourage you to dig, to work hard, to realize, God, what are you saying to me? God, it may not be easy, but I am willing to hear from you. I'm going to work hard. I will wait patiently. I will continually seek you. And I will look wholeheartedly for you. He wants to speak to you. And it may be difficult. But the reason being is because he wants intimacy. He wants closeness with you. He doesn't want you to easily hear what he's going to say. And just you come up with all these assumptions and, and get things wrong. He wants you to really focus on what he's saying. So you can get close enough to him to see, man, this is who God really is. We're going to sing a new song here. And I want to encourage you during this song, you don't, don't feel like you have to sing. I want you to sit there and I just want you to try to hear from God. You may not hear an audible voice, but just still yourself. Slow things down. Focus on what he's saying. And I want you to communicate with him to say, God, I'm still going to work hard to hear what you're saying to me. I will wait patiently for you. I will seek you continually and I will look wholeheartedly.